So um, last week we listened to SFU's medley from, uh, I guess it was 2011 Worlds, and uh, we're going to start off with their MSR this time. So let me just uh, uh, bring that up. Let me see here. Might take me a second to find it. And for some reason, I have Mari's wedding in my head, and I don't know why that is. But um, okay, here we go. It should just take a second to upload, or maybe a couple of seconds. How's everybody doing out there in the uh, wild bagpiping world? I like to call it the wild, wild. Joyce is great. Well, that's good. First time listening in. Great. Well, um, for those who are here for the first time, this is our, uh, oh, yeah, and, and David's in the real world, of course. Yes, no, no offense to those who aren't feeling wild. That's fine. Um, but uh, for those who are just tuning in uh, for the first time, this is our extremely laid back um, broadcast where we just kind of talk piping for a while and um, obviously we use it to promote our dojo university online school as well just kind of um, it's a way to get into our software and to check it out so um, anyway without further ado let's listen to some music and then we'll then we'll uh, get on with the show
excellent. That's pretty good. I, uh, I'm always kind of like, you know, um, kind of shocked, you know, cause I, you know, I, uh, I'm pipe major of a grade one band and Vin and Carl are in the band and I don't know, we work pretty hard and it, it doesn't sound anything like that really, does it? No, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite remarkable. And you know, one of the things is a suspiciously absent, maybe not suspiciously, but uh, there were no MSRs at the concert on Friday night. Um, they didn't even go there, you know, it was all material, you know, straight medleys and various sets of different arrangements, um, straight through. So none of the, uh, why do you think that is? I mean, I mean, do you think that maybe, the, the, how about a six, eight set? Was there a six, eight set? They played some six, eights, um, in the mix of something. I'm trying to remember what, and that's, I think when, uh, Jason Padual came out, world champion drum major and did his, uh, his little, uh, Cirque du Soleil like juggling act with the mace, which was quite astounding. <laughs> um, That's uh, well, let's do this, Vin. Tell us. Um, I wasn't actually able to make it to the concert um, on Friday because uh, we couldn't get down to the city in time. But I know you were there, so why don't you give us a rundown of of uh, what happened? And I don't know, was anyone uh, in the audience today uh, uh, at the concert? Yeah, I know Hal was there. Cool. So. Feel free to chime in yeah. there, Hal, as well. Yeah, I mean the concert was was um, you know it was it was top notch start to finish. I mean you know you, you read typical reviews of uh, of various you know types whether you're reading pipes drums or something like that, and it's it's always about how good they are and how how great they sound, and it's, and that's you know that's a kind of a given. But you know as you delve in a little deeper and in, into uh, some of the the selections they played, you know it was very a very uh, well thought out show, you know? I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, to sort of touch on what we've talked about in the past, right. So, so the, pi the piping times and the, uh, uh, you know, voice review are going to say they had really nice tone and played <laughs> with great technical clarity. And, uh, however, I found the hall to be a bit yeah. echoey and the, yeah, exactly. and the drums, <laughs> the drums perhaps overshadowed the pipes at points. Right. Right. Okay. Now, exactly. now, that, now yeah, for the real review. Nothing about nothing about how uh, you know <laughs> how the uh, the Cape Breton set was just sort of a, a joy to listen to. You know, sort of down home Cape Breton stylings all the way through. You know, with keyboard accompaniment, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that that set. Um, it was just really well done and just. Just you know, it, and it's it's kind of interesting, you know, you you know, they, but before that they played our Donald Cameron's uh, Powder Horn medley, and uh, you know that was your typical pipe band fare. But then they, they completely switched it up. I mean, they were they were presenting the Cape Breton style, you know, which is kind of interesting. You know, it wasn't that just sort of uh, just a bunch of reels all together. You know, it was uh, it was Cape Breton style reels, like with different kinds of uh, um, you know, approaches to the, to the phrasing of the tunes and just the arrangement of the whole piece, you know, it was really good. You know, yeah. going from solo to band, they sort of flip-flop back and forth. You know, Andrew Bona was doing the solos and, you know, they had a keyboard accompany, which was like, you know, hardcore traditional Cape Breton stuff, you know. Now, was that where Alistair Lee was playing the uh, keyboard or is, is that a different uh, set? Uh, he may have been, I don't know, he may have been, I don't know. I, mean, I couldn't quite uh, tell who was playing the keyboard. Um, in the back, because I know that they were kind uh, of all Terry's... kind of hidden, you know. <laughs> the drummer, you know, yeah. the, the other instruments, the keyboard and drums were all kind of hidden in the back, you know. Couldn't really, couldn't really see. But, uh, yeah, but, it's um... really good. And you know, and, and they just, just sort of took it from there. I mean, every piece was just sort of an original 
take on things. You know, they had, it, it had wasn't you know just pipe band set after pipe band set after pipe band set. It was uh, you know you had always had your their own spin and their own uh, approach. You know, interpretations, what what have you. You know. Yeah, I think that's the greatest. <laughs> I think it's exciting. I mean, one of the greatest um, uh, snoozer concepts in the world is the pipe band concert, isn't it? I mean, you know, uh, right. on, <laughs> on the premise sometimes, where, right? Yeah, like, well, here's what happened. Here's the normal pipe band concert. Um, you show up at the hall and you sit down in your seat, and uh, if you're lucky, right, you'll get someone to say a few words about what's happening right. in between sets. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, you know, then the band will play for a while, and then um, what? Then a soloist will come out, and if right. you're lucky, <laughs> if you're lucky, maybe a snare drummer will join the soloist, or maybe you'll have a Highland dancer or something, yeah. and then, um, right, right. and then the band will come back and play some more, uh, and then there'll yeah. be an intermission, and then you get to do it all again, and four, four hours later, you're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just so stressed right. out because it was so un, you know, there's just so lack of anything right, right um and, right. Well, and this, so well this was like this was a little bit a little bit of that you know but they, they the sfu they just they just kick it up right they just kick it up several notches and it's like you know they had the highland dancing and they had the drum major antics and they had uh you know the whole thing going on but they they just pushed it to a level which put it at probably the best you're ever going to see in all of that stuff you know just it's just like you know the, the highest at that any human beings can achieve <laughs> in this stuff right now you know um yeah and, and it was and it was really good i mean it was just not you know, like you know they you know they didn't just have highland dancers come out they had uh you know uh david wilton who was the current and seven time world dancing champion out there <laughs> you know um they didn't just have a drum major come out they had Dave, jason padua who was the current world drum major champion you know um so and boy was, he's pretty was, good isn't he oh man it was it was scary. Like Lincoln Center, you know, the Avery Fisher Hall has got really high ceilings, and it's really, uh, you know, it's all designed for uh, maximum acoustic effect. But he was using that space like insanely. You know, it was just he'd toss that mace up. It like had to be like off his hand, and then you know, and then catch it again. You know, like and spin it, and then catch it again. You know, like just insane, just insane. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. And I mean, David Walton's good too. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like he floats in midair and then maybe occasionally yeah. touches down. Oh, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. You know, and it's just they, and, and all of this stuff they just make it so it looks so effortless. <laughs> you know, they just make it look so easy. They just go out and do it. You know, um, you know, and and you know, never mind the challenges of having a pipe band come out set after set and sound, you know, as good as it needs to sound, each each time out is is I mean uh, the challenge of that and being able to execute that that challenge, you know, and just address well, it. I can speak to how that's done yeah. um, basically if for the pipers in the show um, you know w the show is segmented Terry will always segment a show in quarters at least uh, uh, you know unless something's changed but we'll always segment it in quarters and then in between quarters there's um, you know interlude type stuff where there's you have a soloist or a dancer or something like that yeah. and then uh, you know then there's the intermission in between the second and third quarters and what's interesting is, as an audience member, you always assume, oh, it looks like they need a break right now. But um, yeah. actually, you play planned, more. Yeah. yeah what, but actually, you play more while the band is off stage than you do when the band is on stage. So, right. uh, first of all, you're tuning up for at least half an hour to 40 minutes before the show, and then the first quarter is, you know, 25 minutes probably up on the stage. Mm -hmm. Then you go tune up for 10 minutes, 
uh, nonstop playing. Then you're back on for 25 minutes. Yeah. Then you're in the intermission, which you think is an intermission, but no, it's more tuning for the band. And then, uh, then you're back on for the next quarter. So you're really, I mean, the concert, playing a concert with SFU is like extreme. You're playing for like three and a half to four straight hours. And then, of course, you know, as you know, I mean, bagpipers, if you if you play for, you know, uh, more than an hour, your pipes are soaked, right? Well, you know, so it's 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 a whole big thing about keeping the pipes dry enough and keeping everything in tune. And yeah, and in the middle of know, all that, you have to make sure that you're 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 presenting you know, all of this interesting stuff, you know, expertly <laughs> um, for the recording that they were doing at the time, you know. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, some of this stuff was pretty was pretty cool. I mean, they had, the, um, you know, the Lincoln Hilton, a couple of compositions from the Australian Piper Lincoln Hilton, uh, the 400%, which they closed the first half, which was just great. I mean, it was really interesting, and they did a, a great job with it. You know, it was just, um, I don't know, just really good. A little, a little different than, you know, than the usual fare, and it was it was just, you know, really good. Um, and then they, me and my practice chanter, which a bunch of the younger guys, mostly Lees, came out and uh, on the uh, the new so those aluminum uh, E session chanters. You know they had a, a match set of that of those and came out and did a whole thing on practice chanter, a whole suite on that, and it was really cool. <laughs> you know um, that is pretty cool. Just some just some interesting music too. You know not just your uh, you know just string of reels or string of jigs. You know it was like really kind of interesting stuff. You know well arranged, expertly arranged. You know just just top notch. Um, well, um, a, lot of people, I think... a lot of people like the Nelson Mandela set as well. That was a, a, a composition by uh, Rob Matheson, along with a couple of other tunes after that. They had a whole like African beat going on. It was pretty cool. Well, um, you know, Vin, I think this has been an actual review of the show, which is refreshing. And uh, <laughs> but I think now we have to get I think now we have to get down to the nitty gritty here. There's two big issues that we need to discuss. They're serious and they're weighty. Issue, no I'm ready. issue number one, and, and weighty is something I personally can relate to, okay? You know what I mean? Um, so to topic, topic, number, topic number one, um, that was a joke about my weight, by the way. Um, oh, so okay. <laughs> so uh, topic number one, um, then how many people were in the audience um, in, uh, you know, I think New York is at least... Well, it's certainly the largest um, concentration it's be of six and a half million people, seven million people, or something like that. Yeah, and it's I, certainly Manhattan the biggest. Six million people, I think. Yeah. It's the biggest uh, piping community probably in the world. Like you know, in a focused area, there are more pipers and drummers there than anywhere else. You yes. know, probably even more in say. number than Glasgow. Uh, um, how many people are in, in the terms audience? Of concentration. There were, I would have to say, I would say a total guess of 300. That would be a conservative guess. 300? No, no, no. Give, give or take or a little, you know, give or take a few, yeah. That's not correct. I mean, you're talking about no, no, a they quarter, were maybe a quarter a of, what's that? A thousand? Close, closer to a thousand. You think? Yeah, they had, I think they had 900 something. Didn't look like 900 from where I was yeah. standing. I was up a level. You're bad, you're so bad maybe at I'm counting miscounting the uh, second and third levels. Maybe I didn't see anybody up on the, above me. Um, but it was about a yeah. third of the orchestra seating was taken up. Whatever that is, I don't know what that is in terms of numbers. That was just a yeah. guess. Maybe sitting on the floor there was 300. Yeah, David Hester and Hal Groton. I think you're crazy. I think they were closer to 900. <laughs> but anyway, my that. point is, what, what's my point? I think my point is 
it's kind of it shouldn't i mean sfu is getting you know 2000 on average where wherever they go um why so low uh i don't i do you know i do not know i mean it was a pretty solid piping and drumming crowd i'll, I'll give it that you know um and i'm sure people in the audience were either directly or you know a couple of degrees removed from the pipe piping and drumming crowd of the area you know um i'm sure they they, they was all very enthusiastic and knew what they were listening to you know um, it was a friday night J david uh david's saying it was a friday night and for sure that's the reason i couldn't make it out um and it's, yeah. a, and it's a hall you know it's it's if you're if you're you know a couple hours away on a friday night that's a, that's a that's a um that's a trip you know it's, take some planning <laughs> you know the traffic at the lincoln tunnel was i thought i was going to miss like part of the first half at one point because the traffic of the Lincoln Tunnel was just ridiculous, which it always is at that hour. And, uh, you know, and, but I made it, you know, <laughs> like it literally took me four and a half minutes to make it from the Lincoln Tunnel to Lincoln Center after I got through the tunnel, you know, but uh, getting to the tunnel was the biggest part, you know. So that's yeah, definitely it's... an obstacle, you know, for people. I, I know a lot of people just avoid that, you know, if they can. New York City is but... really funny. I, I think, I mean, yeah. just to, to go off piping, a little bit it's I, I find it very interesting because and of course i don't live there so i just visit there but like traffic is not that bad once you're in like i mean it's bad like there's cars driving around everywhere uh and it's like, like extreme but you end up yeah. you, you seem to be able to get from point a to point b pretty efficiently yes pretty once exactly because everything's moving it's all moving yeah. it's just just go with the flow man and you're there <laughs> it's really it's, it's really what it's about whether you're yeah. walking driving doesn't matter you know exactly um, so i feel like but it's just getting in could be a nightmare. But yeah. but anyway, you know, so then we were kind of talking about this uh, when we were preparing for the show. I mean, what do you think is the, you know, why is, why is, and I just feel, I feel kind of like, like grungy uh, living on the East Coast of the United States. And I feel like I'm, I'm always over this, this haze. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to sort of, you know, slag on our people, but. Why are our people unable to get excited for, you know, the uh, you pinnacle? Know. It's the pinnacle of, you know, um, it's the pinnacle of piping and drumming. Of human Maybe, achievement, yeah. It's, exactly. it's like, exactly. And, and that's, you know, one of your main points that you have is, you know, you're looking at the pinnacle of bagpiping, drumming, dancing, drum major, exactly. majoring achievement. It's all there. And, and we're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, it's 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 kind of funny if you, if you looked at the crowd. I mean, being you know, I guess a sizable crowd, but then, you know, they put on a workshop that weekend, and, you know, you know, I you know a very small percentage of the crowd, if if indeed a thousand people were there, maybe, fifteen percent, you know, were act, actually at the workshop, and and we got somebody here saying that a band from Ontario drove ten hours to be there, you know, and. So Greg for them, and they have the right idea, you know, and uh, it's, have, it's like um, if you look at the crowd and you look at the attendance, you could easily make a headline, you know, miserable pipe band gives miserable concert and boring workshop, <laughs> you know, like, like it, it was like, it couldn't be further from what the, the reality absolutely, was. Absolutely. I mean, people who are actually there, uh, you know, it's there, they had their heads blown off. I did, I did go to the Kaylee on a Saturday night and, you know, and, and I used to play in a band like, you know, uh, you would think nothing would surprise me, but I had my face melted off. Like that's and they they tuned up for ten minutes. They tuned up for ten minutes and then they went in the Kaylee and played a couple quick sets. And and I was talking to Eric Olette. I was talking to Eric Olette the uh, uh, the following day at band practice, and I'm like, you know, the biggest thing that strikes me when when you know you get up close to SFU is like 
you know, holy crap, that's really good. Uh, yeah. And that's that's it. That's the end of the story. And and um, and I, and I, I just, what never ceases to amaze me is how people don't even find the way to avail themselves when a band like that comes within a couple of hours distance, you know, driving distance of you, you know, um, you know, attended I attended classes during the workshop, you know, during the weekend, and it's just, you know, now you're getting the inside scoop, you know, you're getting the inside view on how they achieved what they achieved in previous night, you know, and you know, little little tidbits here and there that, that you just you just get you just get this general sense, this attitude um, about what they do and the craft of what they do and um, what goes into you know the process of getting those kinds of results. And it's it never it never ceases to amaze me. Like I you know, no matter how experienced you can get, it never ceases to just sort of take me a step back. Like wow, you know, they just it doesn't even occur to them to do anything less than what's going to get the best result possible. Um, we have an interesting, some interesting input here from from the world, um, and uh, David Hester is an ex West Coaster, and he seems he has an interesting perspective which none of us have, and he's come to the conclusion that we're all cynical bastards. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you think true. that's it? I mean, do you think I don't that's know? What you know, it's like well, it's, it's, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, this whole like negative idea of like you know, sort of piping being a reductive process and just sort of this. Uh, you know, sort of series of imperfections focus, focus on the imperfections rather than focusing on, you know, strengths and moving us forward. And, um, you know, it could, could be true, you know, that could just sort of, that could come from a global, you know, sort of an, a regional inferiority complex or something, maybe, uh, some sort of group neuroses, but, uh, we definitely, I mean, if I could speak about the East coast of the United States, which is what I'm most familiar with, um, I, and I'm also very familiar with uh, BC Pipers Association and, and the SFU culture, which is going on, you know, out there. Because I, I, I played for, you know, pretty much seven years um, out there, you know. Uh, but East Coast, we definitely have an enormous inferiority complex, which has never failed to baffle me. Um, you know, and w w when, when I was a kid growing up on the scene, we worshipped Ontario. You know, uh, we thought Ontario was the greatest thing ever. And, um, you know, I still think Ontario's got a lot of good things going on. But I, I will I will assert with with, uh, you know, the ability to back it up that, that there we are not inferior to Ontario. And and that's mm -hmm. the idea. And, and, you know, we sort of we uh, certainly in the north here in the northeast, we migrate to Ontario to pay homage and get slaughtered by an Ontario judging panel. <laughs> Um, you know, and and then um, you know, uh, and then we say, oh well, you know, it's because we're not nearly as good as Ontario. Well, I'm not so sure that's the case. Um, and uh, you know, and meanwhile, um, you know, meanwhile, when when uh, the bands meet on neutral territory, right? Um, there's no evidence to suggest that on Ontario is superior. And this isn't about Ontario, by the way. I think you know Ontario is awesome uh, and they they have lots of great bands my point is that i think we definitely think we stink a little bit uh, yeah. in the oh, USPDA. It's it's, but i also I think, think you know true, you know but, but 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 why don't you why wouldn't anybody then take the steps to not stink you know if that's if that were the if that were really true why wouldn't you you know when sfu comes here to give workshops on all kinds of things bagpipe sound reed manipulation pipe yeah, banding basically the whole, like, everything you need class to know length pipe band session thing everything you need exactly. to know to actually be the best because yes. that's what you're getting taught by no one's there 
to hear it. Yep, it's <laughs> but, like crickets, But right? instead you get a band right. from Ontario that drives 10 hours to, to hear it. You know, but the, the local bands, the local bands from the metro area or northeast or, you know, mid, mid-Atlantic, there were fair, the fair amount of Ulster Scottish guys, uh, people there, um, which was, you know, kudos to them, you know, for coming up and, and, and sucking it in, you know. And, uh, but as far as, like, I think, local uh, bands on our local scene, you know, that that's it. I think we have you know? a... Uh... We have an overbearing aristocracy problem in the USPBA, and um, I'm, you know, and I know all of the aristocracy relatively well. Um, but uh, we have a group of people here, and I'm not going to name anybody because it's more of a general, uh, it's more of a general collective sort of issue that's happening where um, in the USPBA, you seem to reach the level of aristocracy. And then all improvement stops, and then the you know, and, and all pursuit of musical happiness stops. Mm. And it's like I am now a member of the aristocracy. I, I'm seeing it now with people of my own age and generation have now reached the aristocracy and uh, have lost all interest in continuing to play music. And what's interesting here to me is that, and then when that happens, all of your attention becomes focused on um, quietly making sure to limit uh, further additions to the aristocracy, yeah. you know, and in other words, you know, it's, it's a little bit of definite heavy duty politics going on, but um, yeah. we have nothing in the USPBA. We have nothing to shoot for. And one of the reasons that, um, uh, you know, now, uh, now I will say as players, I don't feel like we're inferior here as individuals, but as a culture, we are certainly inferior. And, you know, and the reasons are because we have nothing to shoot for, and the USPVA seems to me to be about, uh, you know, just uh, a, maybe uh, hopefully attaining a spot, a seat in the, you know, sort of social yeah. parliament that we have. Well, yeah, but I mean, my point I think, here I think is lose... this. My point here is this. Um, in British Columbia, in Ontario, and in Scotland, um, are, those are the three uh, groups I've played in and I'm familiar with. They all have a very specific goals to shoot for. And those goals motivate people to improve. And that's why Oren Moore goes to Scotland every year. And it's why we started to go to Ontario is because um, it gives us something to shoot for, um, something specific to shoot for. In the USPBA, and I was making this point to you as well, let, let's take solos, for example. I could play every single professional event within 200 miles of my house. And I could win every single event. Um, but, but it wouldn't matter. Because there are two, there are two more events close to somebody down in Florida who you know I may or may not get to see occasionally, um, and they're going to win the championship in the USPBA. So what's what's the point of what's the point of busting my butt um, to win those contests? And by the way, prize money is not what it used to be either, <laughs> obviously, right? Because right. budgets are lower. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, well, so I think you, why am I why am I doing this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at you look at something, you know, some of these other cultures like you know British Columbia, the West Coast, or uh, Ontario, and, and you know, I mean, let's you know, let's face it, what we're doing here is is a creative endeavor. You know, it's it's it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of uh, artistry to do it really well, and uh, you know that was on that was evident um, on Friday night uh, with SFU. I mean, you're talking about, you know, so for that to actually happen. You've got to have um, an environment that allows it. You know, like you said, something to shoot for and something, you know, a, a sort of a, a culture that actually promotes and invites that kind of experimentation or that kind of creativity. You know, I was, it was, you know, these things sort of, you know, happen, uh, you know, serend, you know, as serendipity. You know, 
uh, I was reading um, one of my feeds in Fast Company, and there's a in an interview with uh, Tina Selig, Selig, who wrote a book called Ingenious, A Crash Course in Creativity. And uh, there's a short interview here, and she talks about how, how to build uh, creativity within businesses and organizations and things like that. But it could easily apply to piping. And one of the things she talks about is external factors that that have a huge impact and, a hu and are a huge factor um, when you're dealing with creative pursuits or generating ideas or what have you. And she, you know, and she was asked, well, what are, what are these external factors? And um, you know, her, her, her quote is, you need an environment where creativity is supported. Everything from the physical space you're in to the people you're with, the rules, the rewards, the constraints, the culture, and the resources present. All of these right. things have a huge impact on how an individual, a team, or an organization functions from a creative perspective. And, and that's like, that's it. You know, layer that on top of bagpiping, and you've got a recipe that could easily, you know, do amazing things anywhere. And I think what I think what people are trying to build in the USPBA is the opposite of that idea, right? And and or, or or rather, not so much what they're trying to build, but what has been built is the antithesis of that, which is a non-supportive framework of contests and events, and frankly, um, judging certification program, right? It's mm -hmm. it's counterintuitive. It seems against and counterproductive to you know, pr providing this environment for people to thrive as musicians and, um, and to compete fairly in many cases as well. It's not, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've written about this on, on pipe packer before. It's like, you know, the, I compare, you know, piping to, uh, Highland dancing in some respects, even on the East coast here, um, a much smaller subculture, uh, but they seem to thrive in ways that piping doesn't, you know, they, 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 they all, um, you know, and, and there's a framework there. They, they, there's a lot to shoot for when you're a dancer. You know, there, in, in terms of you know what's local, uh, what locally and you know, sort of nationally as well. Um, there's and so so a lot of your effort is geared towards shooting for those goals. You know, those bigger those bigger prizes. Those that there's a framework of reward and uh, a culture that fosters that kind of development. You know, to get that reward. You know, it's not even just mm -hmm. a matter of having the reward and sort of yanking it out of reach as you get better. It's it's there, and 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 they build a culture that brings people closer to it. You know, they and and as close as they possibly can. You know, and um, I think you know a lot of that's missing here, at least on the east. You know, you have a you know a couple of couple of high level contests maybe, but they're all they have a very narrow pathway to get to them. You know, um, and yeah, the framework it's... that gets you there to get you on that path is so broad and so sort of unspecific that you, you have a bunch of people going everywhere in every which direction, you know? Um, so yeah. you have, and, and the quality follows, you know? And it's not to say, I mean, one of the things that, you know, it's not to say that everybody should have to be a, a prolific competitive bagpiper, but, but it's an easy environment to set up if you actually think about it and if you, you know, uh, put the effort into do it. Um, and then other things shoot off from that, right? I mean, the 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 prowess that people develop um, as they play in the competitive system mm -hmm. gives way to other really you know interesting things that can be done. Like, you know, you look at like a group like the Red Hot Chili Pipers or something. Like those guys are mostly prolific pipers that have you know grown up in the sort of uh, we we can call it the traditional style. I'm not sure what the real name for mm -hmm. it is going to be. But um, and now they, you know, they branch off and they create something really cool. Oh yeah, for, and we, like we talked about, Treacherous Orchestra has got uh, Ali Hutton and uh, Ross Ainsley in there, and yeah, those guys. Totally. You know, these guys are big on the session scene, and they they thrive. They've thrived in a culture 
that invited creativity of all kinds like it just didn't of matter course, like yeah. they weren't interested in like you know how flat their channels were or whether or not their drones were in tune you know they were they were just it just like didn't matter like we're playing this and they just play you know <laughs> just and it just goes and then and they and they try different things and they just and it's welcomed invited and expected that you can create new things you know when you're making noise like that um so you know it's amazing how you it, it, it's amazing how untested it really is for most people here on the East, like, you know, mm-hmm. to really sort of try and branch out personally as a musician, you know, what could be achieved. I don't think any of us have really, really scratched it, you know, and, and I think that's what, it, you know, creating a, a framework or some sort of environment, you know, where the culture invites that kind of stuff. You yeah. see people. I mean, I just, it, you know? I just look at, I, I look at talented kids come up in the USPBA now and it's like, it makes me realize that I was just, you know, randomly out of nowhere, extremely lucky, you know, and it's, and it has nothing, you know, has nothing to do with the success of the culture. You know, occasionally I'll hear people talk about, you know, um, certainly, you know, as a critic of the USPBA, a lot of people will accuse me of being critical of some, you know, uh, of something that sort of brought me to where I am now, but I can't disagree with that idea more. You know, I was, I was blessed to have, just randomly a group of friends that were really good pipers that were at the exact same stage as me and really close friends. And so that was my motivation going up was ma- making sure, which by the way I did, uh, making sure to kick their butts, <laughs> make sure to kick their butts every time out. That was my big thing. And then, you know, frankly, the way I look at it is, uh, in grade one, my first year in grade one, I was able to sneak in to be invited, you know, sort of in the back end. I was last second invite to the nickel Brown, and uh, I think it was because I won overall at Moon Mountain. Uh, and I was invited. And who was the judge there that year but Jack Lee? And he really liked what I was doing. And, you know, um, and the same with was with Jim McGilvery when, when I was uh, just a hair younger than that. And, you know, these sort of random opportunities were not created by, you know, uh, by this culture, which should, you know, easily be, be able to help create this. You know, um, and it was not... And it was not it was not created by that. It was just kind of luck. It was luck that I met Donald and then through Donald I met these other people. And it was also luck that I had this mini community where I was really competitive. Well, yeah, well luck favors the prepared, right? I forget who, who said that, right? Luck favors the prepared. Like I mean, you know, the environment actually creates those situations, you know. You can just call it luck. But it's only luck because it happens so free infrequently here on the East Coast. You know, if it would if there were more opportunities like that created like that to open a pathway for stuff like that you'd see it happen a lot more um and yeah. it wouldn't be just luck it would be but instead you know, instead the issue is instead the issue is um assimilating other mini uh you know associations into the uspba like florida oh and, and now we're going to go after texas and ohio and mm-hmm. you know and I don't, I don't know my uspba history frankly i'm not that interested but uh you know rather than rather than focusing inwards and figuring out well how do we you know, how do we actually make this successful? It's more just like, you know, using our overbearing size and uh, the appearance and the ability to talk like, like it's something successful. We, we should now, you know, help others join us. It's, it's right, kind right. of uh, William it's kind Lloyd of mentions mentions the Talent Code, which is a book. Um, I, I, you can look it up. I guess I, I author's name escapes me, but I think I read it last summer. It was a, it's an excellent book. It talks exactly about those kinds of things about. Um, he, he, he dwells more on focused practice and the mental 
that side of actually creating championship level performance of, of all types. But he also talks about a great deal about incubators, you know, these areas of the world that, you know, in spite of their appearance and in spite of the resources available to them, still produced amazing athletes, amazing artists, amazing, you know, pick your pick your idiom, you know, and uh. And it's it's you know and he he tries to pin down a lot of the same kinds of things like what kinds of things are do they have in common you know it's a, is it is it a culture is it a you know and it comes down to a lot of different things but I think one of the over overarching things is is that there is sort of a general sort of approach or attitude about things that people just buy into and you buy into it you can just you just you you'll benefit from it you know in ways you can't even imagine at the at the moment you know um, you know and I think you know SFU has created that out west. You know, there's just an, a, a prevailing sense of, of how to do it that people want and people will do. And just do it. You just, you know, it's, you know, the, the workshop. It was evident all weekend long at that workshop. You know, um, it's just, it's just, they just breathe it. You know, they just, it's just, this is what we do, and this, and it produces the best thing you're gonna see. You know, um, so, you know, it, it, you can do worse than to copy everything they're doing. You know. Um, but uh, it's 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 again. It's you have to be there to see it. You have to have it in your sights. You have to have it, you know, right there so you can keep it in, keep it in line as you're working on your own. You know, whether it's your band or personally. So I think it's important also to have that sort of thing in your head, which I think we, you know, in the East here we think we lack that. You know, I think we let we've tried to do it on numerous numerous occasions where we want greater exposure to that kind of level thing, um, but it, it comes in waves and and it never seems to. I don't know, generate the the activity or the inspiration that, that it, that's needed to sustain an effort, you know, that of, of high quality, you know, because it, it really was inspirational, you know, to be there for the concert and then the weekend of workshop that was really kind of, you know, I love that stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, David's saying, so how, do, how does somebody cre go about creating that, like in a band or something, you know? Um... Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really about um you know if you had to break it down it's it's really about setting setting your sights on you know uh, the things that i don't know you, you, i mean you could break down you know what you need to do you know, tone tone technique and you know music musicality or expression or whatever you want to like break it down to those three things and uh address each one of them you know but really address it like how do we get better tone out of our bagpipes you know oh i know and join dojo you that's what you gotta yeah, do. There you go. <laughs> and I'm only sort of, you know? and I'm only sort of kidding, right? Uh, I think. Yeah, uh, but and, and how do we get all... better technique? You know, how do we be, play better technique together? And then you you take care of it, you know, and 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 once it's out of the way, then you can worry about other things, you know. Then you can worry about, you know, other things that sort of make a better band, you know, or something, or make a better player individually. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I really think it does. It means coming down to really a, a sort of a strong focus on the things that are going to produce results. Not just about like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I set my bagpipes. I, I use these reeds because my instructor told me to, or my bike major told me to, or, you know. But really understanding like what is going to get the best result out of those reeds, you know. Yeah, um, I um, you know, to address David here, I mean, so USPBA is antithetical to talent. I mean, there's definitely talent all over the place. My 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 yeah. problem is that my problem is that the talent is not given. Uh, is well, and and uh, I don't think given is the right word, but talent is not, um, you know, presented with an opportunity um, to sort of develop that, um, you know, appropriately. So his question is, 
you know, can the pockets of excellence find another home? The answer is yes. And that's the only way anything has worked here for a long time. So uh, my, my, the example of my own personal development is that, you know, I was, I, you know, uh, I connected with Donald Lindsay at an early stage and he is the person that, that guided myself and many, many, many other people, uh, you know, towards, you know, finding, uh, finding a path and, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, uh, I feel like Oren Moore is a band that has always been and continues to be a hot pocket for people who are, you know, serious about moving forward um, with their pipe band playing. It's it's not that we're the best band, but I I definitely feel like we're the best, um, you know, uh, we're the best in terms of, uh, you know, being focused on being as good as we can be, you know, um, and sort of trying to trying to disassociate from the other issues and and the temptation of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I've heard Donald talk about this too, you know, where, um, you know, I'm trying to remember, maybe it was a discussion we had about, um, Pibrock or something like that. And, uh, you know, there's, there's really, um, you know, uh, when you're, you're playing a tune, you know, there's, there's a, a, a hundred different ways you could, you could present that tune, but unless the judge behind that bench is, is either, either a aware of them, or be receptive to them, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, you know, unless you're playing the proscribed, you know, uh, setting that, you know, is, has been taught, you know, to them and others, you know, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's creating that sort of invitation to, you know, show me what you got, you know, let me see what you have, you know, what are you going to do that's going to surprise me, you know, and rewarding that rather than rewarding, you know, you know, some boring presentation of a, of a, of a MSR or, you know, a P-Rock or a medley, you know, so it's, it's like, you know, surprise me and, you know, capture my interests, you know, in, in a way. That, and then that gets, you know, rewarded. And when that gets rewarded, then, then you create a system, you know, which is really kind of what you're saying. It's like, you know, that it, it, there's only one way it can actually stifle creativity. And that's the system doesn't, it, it reinforces things that don't foster that kind of creativity. So you create the things. That well, the other thing too is, the other thing too is it inherently punishes excellence, right? So, yeah. uh, and just it discourages and just, it. I wouldn't say it punishes; it discourages it. That's the thing I think in a lot of ways. You know, like well, sure, it discourages and you from being excellent. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of you know, pipers who by the time they get to the point of the you know verging on real you know excellence, um, you know, it's it's you know bye bye birdie. It's hey come take the judge's exam and forget about moving forward any further. That's the big thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll make you judge. Oh, we're going to pay you a little bit. And, uh, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not pointing fingers at any particular person. I'm just saying the culture here. And then the next thing is the next thing is, Oh, well, I didn't really like how you played that tune, even though you're far better than everybody else. Eh, it didn't quite speak to me. Didn't quite speak to me. Like it's, you know, like other people, you know, and, and oh, yeah. because that's what happens, right. Is, is, you know, th- threats are sort of, uh, can be fended off easily because you know uh, uh, because we yeah, don't have I mean, a responsible we don't have a responsible enough um, judging certification program and recertification. There's no recertification, right. so um, you're you're once you're there, your position is protected forever, and therefore you know um, you know therefore it's extremely easy to sort yeah. of fortify you know, it's, that. It's, 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 it's really kind of a simple thing, like you know you've got to be able to discriminate against the, you know, what you like and what's good kind of, you know, you have to be able to tell the difference and 
be able to separate the two in your head, kind of, you know, like, of course. like there was some stuff that SFU played on Friday that, you know, I don't know, wasn't my cup of tea, you know, like, I, I mean, everybody liked that Nelson Mandela set. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't really grab me, but it was phenomenal. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. it was just well done and like just expert all around, you know, like just, and I can recognize that, you know, and even though it really didn't grab me, I, I mean, the 400% or the Cape Breton mentally uh, grabbed me a little more, you know, just, just because of me, you know, just because of what I like, you know, um, and that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's what's so, another, um, nothing wrong with that. You know. Yeah, here's a good here's a good question here from David and Vin. Maybe you could answer this, or Carl, even if you want. What's the difference between Oren Moore and SFU culturally? I have my thoughts on the matter. I it's yeah, it's it's hard to say because you know you tell you tell me SFU has been at the top of their game for thirty years. You know, they they first they started going to Scotland in the eighties were like in the top six, I think, in the late, you know, you know, and we said this last week too, they were second in 87 when S78 Frasers won the Worlds. And uh, they've been there ever since. You know, it's just has been there. So comparing the two is kind of a little weird because they, they've got the benefit of 30 years of a cultural sort of cement there, you know, that I think, uh, you know, everybody's forced to adapt to it, you know, if and if you don't, you die. You're, you're get, you know, you're just going to have to find yourself another band, you know, but... You know, Ormore would probably be, it'd be better to compare them to SFU maybe, you know, 25 years ago, you know, or something like that, or maybe even 28 years ago. You know what I mean? So it's a little yeah, hard well, to make those comparisons. At the same time, Ormore is going to be 20 in the fall. Well, that's, that's true. A lot of people forget <laughs> about this. Well, yeah, I, I think in culture, I mean. Which means you know, I first. Funny, I was, which, which also means I first joined Ormore 19 years ago in the fall. I joined in. I joined in the fall of the second year. So. Oh man, it's like ultimate. You, it's you and Donald are like the only ones who would like boast that. I think you know. Well, my bro, uh, yeah. Like, let's see. I, I think I might be. See, I took I took six and a half years off in between. So, uh, where I was playing with SFU. So I, I haven't. I, I don't actually have the most years. I think Eric McNeil's got the most years in oh. the band, and my brother probably. Right, but well, I mean, you know, it's, in terms of culture, I think you know. You know, I was thinking about this too as I'm going and taking these workshop classes. You know, I'm thinking like, what is it that's missing, or, or what do we have that they, they have? And, and a lot of it is just like getting, you know, having that your eyes set on that that result, whatever it might be. You know, that that final result is got to, and everything you do is going to get. It has to be to get you there. There's no wasted effort. Yeah, I think there's like you you can't waste your time dealing with stuff that's not going to get you there. And whether that's bad bagpipes or bad playing or you know, I don't know what it is, you know, but you just eliminate it, get, you know, just like you just take care of it. I think there's you know? there's still some resistance, um, you know, in, in or and more and a lot of other bands that, that a resistance to really getting down and doing the work. It's there, there's still sort of a feeling and, and certainly less in or and more um, than any other band that I've been a part of. But there's still sort of a bit of a resistance to actually getting down and doing the work. Um, and yeah. really working towards that that goal, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't really have time to practice today. Yeah, I I mean, well, that's just that's the same thing, and, right? It's you know, just we're like all guilty doing of that, everything though. you do with that effort is got yeah. to produce the result, you know. And and uh, you got yeah, you got to buy into that idea and, and do that work, you know. You got to be able to uh, really hunker down and, and take care of it. You know? Yeah, I, I'm. So, uh, yeah, Carl I, I mean, and, that, and that's that's those are similar things, you know. Those are definitely similar things. I think, uh, you know, that's that's the recipe for a, a good dish. At, you know, at the end of it, you know, is, is, is having that ingredient in there. 
Um, Certainly, um, you know, Eric McNeil and I, Eric McNeil and I are very familiar with the SFU culture. I mean, I played in the band and Eric's always been very closely tied to Reed Maxwell, you know, sort of his, well, was his teacher for a long time and then, you know, is now more of a mentor. But, um, you know, uh, so we're very familiar with that. So I think the difference and, and David's sort of pointing it out, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And, um, you know, but I think, (laughs) yeah, I think we're sort of, we're aimed in the right, in the right direction. You know, um, Hal says, don't you think that the pool of available competent pipers in the Vancouver area is far deeper than the Northeastern U S absolutely not 0% do I feel that way. And, um, it's not, uh, and, and I know it's Hal. it's, it certainly seems that way. And it's, it's tempting to point that direction, but I think, uh, certainly, I think there's just as many, if not more, talented people um, in the uh, in our area, shall we say? Because hell, you're from our northeast area. I think there's tons of talented people. I think, yeah. um, I think, but what happens is talent squashing. Talent squashing is what is what happens. And um, hell, well, I, mean, I know. The, here's a perfect example: is is the fact that you know you, you know it's easy to say SFU, and they don't all don't live in the Vancouver area. You know, you got, you know, Yuri Chisholm, he's living in Washington and, and, and he's got, they, you know, flying in Javier Bauderu, the guy who makes the Redwood Reeds, he's, he's flying in from France, you know, and, uh, there's, you know, so you got Rab Matheson, he's, he's coming in from, you know, somewhere out in Scotland, somewhere. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, so, you know, there's, you know, there's, how... there's, there's, there's so there's this, that invitation for that, you know, that's, that's like, that's the response to an invitation, you know, that's, that's like, you know, not, but not an invitation specifically, but an invitation sort of metaphorically you know like you know we want the best result possible so we got to we have to do what we need to do which is yeah but sure people they don't need, they don't need opportunity they don't need those guys yeah, they'd sure. get them from that locally i mean <laughs> you know but obviously they're welcoming the best players so hal says why is there only one grade one band here and several in their area well beautiful question i'd love to know um and and at the same time and and or more is just a young grade one band i mean we uh we've qualified once um you know, City of Washington qualified a couple times, but, you know, really, really struggled. Why is that? Um, and I think we know the answer. We're just ignoring it and we're putting it off. And, uh, you know, one of the things, too, how I, before your question of available competent pipers. Well, there are a lot of talented pipers, but few reach the point of true competence. And it's all for the reasons that I've, I, at least in my opinion, it's all for the reasons that I've been discussing. Um you know, um, yeah. You know, so well, why aren't I mean, there more in a lot, in a lot of ways? Well? I, in a lot of ways, I think it, it has to do with like I, you know, I've played in you know, grade three bands and and worked with lower level bands, and they, you know, there's a everybody works very hard, right? Everybody's really you know wants to do the best they possibly can. You know, not to take anything away from all the pipers and drummers around here. They, I mean, everybody's working their butts off to. And, and, and a lot of people have been exposed and inspired by these very things, like this, you know, the SFU culture and the sound of, of the band and all of that stuff, and they want to do that too. However, <laughs> you know, there's a constant doubt and second-guessing of everything we do, which is generated by that kind of framework, you know, in, that we have here in the East. You know, the whole competition framework um, exists to reinforce and force us to, to doubt ourselves and second-guess and, and, and doesn't make it okay to either a fail or b experiment or c you know um have a different idea entirely 
you know, about what should be done or how things should be played or, you know, so none of that stuff is invited or accepted really in the framework. So what do you do? You, you sort of push it aside and try for something else. Well, that's why everybody struggles because everybody's trying for something when the answer is so obvious and sitting right here, you push to the side. This is the answer right here. And you have to now overcome the sort of, you know, framework that you're faced with in, in, in order to sort of hold on to it, you know? Um, and those things are, you know, just sort of a different outlook, um, your own vision, being, you know, brave enough to actually say, no, I think we should play things this way, and then doing it, you know, and doing it that way. Or I think we should set the band up this way to get this sound, and not worry about, like, what competitively, you know, what the pitch should be, or things like that, things of those things, of that type, you know. Um, you know, because those second guesses are always going to bring you down. They're just gonna they're just gonna mire you in constant work with no progress and stagnation and sort of paralysis really um, let's do um, yeah we gotta wrap we've got to wrap this up and move towards wrapping it up but I, I think that uh, I think we beat the dead horse here today <laughs> but uh, um, well here's the deal um, today um, today we're having a special where uh, if you sign up for dojo you we're gonna give you 10 bucks at the Piper's Dojo store. So um, it's our daily deal, which we have every day. So it's basically, you know, um, here's how it works, especially a basic membership. Um, we're hoping that um, lots of people will sign up for a basic membership because um, you do put your credit card in, but it doesn't get billed for a week after you sign up. So uh, we want people to get in and check it out. And um, <clears throat> we feel like uh, we're we're doing everything in our power to entice that sort of spirit of improvement and community and uh, excellence and stuff like that at Dojo U. We want people to check it out. And um, and if you sign up today, we're just going to email you. We're going to give you a code to use on the store, which is yeah. going to give you I'm, 10 bucks off. I might off. add, and just having, you know, having, you know, listened in on, a, on, a, on, a, on several classes um, now, it's, it's like the, the live classes really are a safe environment, right? They, they, they're, 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 they're sort of a safe place you can go and be free to screw up <laughs> be bad <laughs> and be good you know and uh and and it's 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 healthy you know that's to do that and to be able to to, to sort of get through that because that's how you improve and that's how you get better so I, I think that's important too i think that's you know feeds into what we were saying you know it's like creating that safe environment where it's welcome to you know um you know develop and stumble and, and, and fail and then do it again and then succeed, you know, things like that. But you're getting off topic. No, you're not. No, you're on topic. No, <laughs> the, the topic is, the topic is Dojo use cool and you need to sign up today because it's basically once we give you 10 bucks, like you can just have 10 bucks at the Dojo store. Uh, once we give you the 10 bucks, that basically, that basically means you've gotten an entire month free of cost to you. Um, so we want you to get on there, check it out. And, um, of course, you can always press that cancel button before we build the card. So you've got seven full days. And um, uh, you can sign up for premium today, too. You're still going to get the 10 bucks, And that will give you access to Bruce Gandy's class, which starts tonight. Um, but, um, yeah, so uh, we hope people will do that. Um, and we were going to give a, uh, you know, a quick tour maybe of, of Dojo U. So. Um, I don't know, Carl, if, if you want to do that just really quick, because a lot of us are um, are already members. So we, we, we don't want to, uh, you know, tell people things they already know. But some people here are new. And, um, you know, Carl's going to share his screen, I think, and show us 
um, a little bit. Yeah, we can't. You got to turn on your mic, though. I can see it nice and clear, though. Okay. Um, so here we go. This is the main page. Um, just want to point out a couple, few things here right at the top. Um, we have the classes button. Uh, here you go. You can choose your different kind of membership here. You can see all the different things that are going on for each one of those memberships. Um, take a look here at the basic. Um, that's, uh, again, this comes with the seven-day uh, free trial. It's a really great thing. Check it out. I mean, we're, we're giving away the seven days because we're really confident that you're going to love what you find um, and, and you're going to stay for, for a while because it's really just a, a great thing. Um, just taking a moment here to load. Uh, so it, it's really a great thing. You can always sign up by... Uh, clicking many places here. This is just again the home page here. All of these gives you the ability to, to sign up for different either uh, short or long periods of time. Um, so it appears my computer is bogging down here. Uh, here we go. So at the basic level you're looking at repertoire expansion, technique development, performance critiques, help sessions. Um, those kind of classes run a variety of times. Um, throughout the week, I believe we have 15 or 18 live classes going on. Um, you know, throughout all, uh, throughout every week rather, um, and you know, a variety of topics. We're learning lots of different types of tunes, and uh, they're, it's really a great thing to to jump into and you know, get your feet wet and learn a few new tunes. Learn how we approach learning tunes here, and uh, work on your on your playing as a whole. Uh, it's a really great thing. Second really cool feature here, you can check out the schedule on your own. That's basically when classes are happening. You can also see that here on the sidebar. But the next really cool thing is all the live classes also become an archive content. So any class that we've, um, that we've run in the last, uh, let's see, few months, uh, that all shows up in the archive. So you can check that out. Um, it's a really great way to, uh, if you're on the run or you did, didn't have time to catch a live class. Uh, you can take a, you can jump in, and here's just a kind of tag cloud of different things. But you can also search uh, either up here or uh, um, up there by typing in any keywords like doublings or anything like that. What if I want to learn the tune Susan McLeod? What should I do? I would type in Susan McLeod. See what happens. Like maybe something will happen. Is that what you're saying? I think something might happen. I mean, uh, and one of the things I have to do too is I got to work on my crossing noises. Yeah, so you could that. type that in too, crossing noises. So here you go. Um, technique development. So it appears in this technique development class, we cover some of uh, Susan McLeod. So that would be a good way to work on, as Andrew is suggesting, crossing noises in that tune. Uh, and then we also had a repertoire expansion class on that, uh, where he actually taught the tune, and he goes module by module, and really goes through the tune step by step, so you can work on any aspect of it. Um, and so there you go. Those are the kind of two classes there about that tune, and you know it's an ever-expanding archive. Uh, it's really getting quite cool. Uh, so that's just a little brief bit there about what's going on, and uh, like... Uh, 
if you're if this is your first time viewing uh, in in this area this is actually what all the classrooms look like as well so this is kind of the learning platform and environment well, is that you we done um, yeah um... <laughs> No, that's great. Thanks for doing that. Um, that was Carl's. Carl usually does on these shows, he does like a quick uh, product review thing. And so I just said, hey, show Dojo you today because that's our special and we want to get people in the door. Um, and yeah, it looks like um, guest viewer three. I haven't figured out her name yet, but uh, his or her name. Um, but um, his, yes. <laughs> and uh, sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, mention that you're kind of plateauing and um, try Dojo U. It's free. And if by the end of the week, you're not like, you know, and go to a couple classes. And if you're not totally pumped and re-enthused after a week, you don't have to it's pay It's actually anything. less than free. You get 10 bucks for signing up today. <laughs> like, you get 10 bucks right. and you can, you know, seven days. So, uh, yeah, absolutely check it out. I mean, it's it's really a fantastic thing. It's a great environment to get involved in and really start to, to work on your playing. Um, and it's fun. You know, it's really fun to just kind of tune in, check things out, and you're going to learn stuff just by being there. So. Yeah, so... Um, Can't uh, tell. We're really passionate about it here. We really care a lot about it, and we think it's, it's a great way to, to improve. So. Hey, Carl, if you really cared about Dojo U, you'd get a lamp in your office so we could see your face. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, see, I'm just a, kind of a jerk boss, I think. I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Um, but uh, And then, Vin, Vin, you've been taking some of the advanced classes. I mean... I have, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the things that's... Um... Well, I'm you know, like I said before, it's, it's safe. It's a safe environment. You know, it's you know, like I think we, we get we ner people get nervous when they're playing, you know, or or talking about their playing or getting critiqued or whatever. Um, and the things that I've noticed is that um, the folks that do, I, I I mean, can't possibly leave there without something good, you know. Um, so having the nerve. Even to if do you that just listen to other people, just, get yeah, absolutely. And and that you learn a lot from that as well, but. Even the people who are taking, you know, taking the plunge and actually just like doing it and playing and playing live and um, seem to really get a lot out of it. I mean, you know, you 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 got people there who are like ready to dive in and, and give you what you need, you know, help you where you need the help the most. Yeah, know? it's kind of like it's, a it's really a one-on-one -on -one lesson. It's really yeah. cool. It's like pulling teeth to get people out to the performance critiques. But that being said, if you're the type of person that if you're the type of person that would love to get critiqued by you know really good players who have walked the walk, I mean, uh, sign in. Mm -hmm. It's at least at the moment until yeah. we grow to like ten thousand members. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. In mean, a lot um, of ways, I mean, is that they did that this this weekend at the SFU workshop there, the Highland Arts thing. They had plenty of the SFU guys uh, listening to people play um, and helping them out and doing exactly yeah. the same thing. You know, here you get to do it, you know, as much as you want, not just one day. But anyways, um, so it'd be cool to cool to have uh, have you join us and try Dojo U, and um, it just bills your card um, 15 bucks a month if you decide to stay on with the basic, and you know that's less than half the price of a of a bagpipe lesson of that caliber. So, so we hope we hope it's something people enjoy and that they can afford. So, uh, anyway, I, I do want to let people go back about their day. So, Vin, let's. Um, Turn, we'll turn on this music here and we're going to sign off. So thanks very much for joining us. Let me, um, <clears throat> let me, uh, while the music is playing, I'll put up some information 
to contact us and you know if you want to get involved in dojo you but um, uh other than that we're going to start this music and we'll see everybody next week on do 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 dojo universe that was my that's our that's our music yeah (laughs) no it's not it's that's true